Welcome to another life-impacting message from City Light Church, North Adelaide. You can find more great things like this at citylight.church slash North Adelaide. We're now going to move to a time of hearing God's Word, Psalm 100. So grab your Bible, open up to Psalm 100 as we begin our series, Foundations, um, How to Build a Faith That Lasts. And we're thinking today about singing, music, worship. Uh, So Psalm 100, we're about to hear from that right now. See you soon. Hi, my name is Ella and this is Fletcher. Hi. I'll be reading Psalm 100, a psalm for giving thanks. Make the joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come to his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. He is who he made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give him thanks to bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Hi everybody, my name's Sebastian. I'm reading Colossians chapter 3 at verse 12. Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ ruling your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful let the word of Christ dwell in your richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and whatever you do in word of deed word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Well, good morning, church. Uh, It's great to be back preaching at Cedarlight, North Adelaide. You'll have to excuse my voice. I've still got a bit of a cold, uh, but there's not much I can do about it at the moment, unfortunately. Uh, So... With that, let's just get into it. As I said, it's great to be back preaching, albeit online. Um, But if you would like to keep your Bibles open, we're going to be jumping a bit between the Psalms and Colossians this morning, so I'd encourage you to to do that with me. We've just finished our sermon series in 1 Corinthians on what it means to be a loving church. Uh, We've heard... Paul talk and admonish the church in in Corinth in their ways of living uh, and encourage them in their identities in Christ and how uh, that works in the context of a church. So that's sort of a great leeway into uh, the mini-series that we're going to embark on called Biblical Foundations and, and How to Build a Faith That Lasts. I'm lucky enough to to kick us off on this series and today we're going to be talking about worship and more specifically uh, the place of music in worship. See, I love 
I love worship, I love music, and, uh, and music's always had a special hold on me. I wanted to be a famous singer uh, growing up and as a teenager, and I was just obsessed with all things music. I uh, had a few bands that I really loved and, and couldn't get enough of them, couldn't get enough of uh, the lives that they led and uh, just behind the scenes stuff as well and it's yeah, fair to say that I was, I was all encompassing. But now that I've grown up and I've grown to sort of appreciate music for what it is um, and specifically as well and more importantly how it can be used uh, in our worship of God. Now, as weary as I am of topical sermons, uh, there isn't one passage that is all-encompassing when it comes to music in worship, so uh, I'll be jumping around a bit, but I will do my best to keep things in context, um, and we'll try not to jump around too randomly. Um, see, in Christianity, worship is the act of attributing reverent honour and homage to God. It comes from the Anglo-Saxon word worthiness, or to, to ascribe worth. Um, some of us have grown up in the church worshipping, others may have found God through at a later stage in our lives. And who knows, maybe this is your first time at a church uh, or a Christian church gathering. Whichever way, at City Light, music plays a big part in our worship. But what is the purpose of Christian worship specifically in song? Uh, that's what... We are going to look at today, and in order to build strong biblical foundations, I think uh, it's an important part um, that we need to, to grasp and to, to, to get a stronger understanding of. So today we'll look at uh, four main points if you're a note taker, um, and they are as follows. So worship helps us to firstly remember God and what he has done for us. Secondly, to freely express our thankfulness and gratitude toward our Maker. Thirdly, to edify and build one another up as a church body. And finally, to be spurred on in continuing to worship God in everything we do. But before we head into that, uh, maybe I'll just I'll pray. Father, thank you for your goodness and your grace and your mercy towards us. Undeserving, yet you... Freely give it, Lord. I pray this morning as uh, we gather together online uh, that you'll no doubt still be, be with us, working amongst us. And um, yeah, I pray as, as I speak, uh, as you speak through me, that uh, eyes and ears will be opened and that you'll, um, yeah, you'll be reminding us of your character and your love for us through that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Uh, originally this was going to be a bit of a, a shorter sermon and we were going to spend some more time uh, in extended worship. Just, you know, given the nature of the sermon, I thought it, it just made sense to do so. But unfortunately, uh, that's not how it's panned out. Uh, it's the, the sermon's still going to be a bit uh, on the shorter side. But, um, yeah, I'm just going to really encourage you in, in your worship. Uh, and to kick us off, let's get into it. Uh, reason one of, of worship is to remember God and what he has done for us. If you follow me to Psalm 100 verse 3. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. 
So here Moses, uh, who is the likely author of the psalm, calls upon the reader to know that Yahweh is God. He's their maker, but um, also his people have their identity in him and his people are cared for by him as the shepherd metaphor goes. See, in the Old Testament context, God was their maker and deliverer. Uh, mentioned so often in Leviticus and Deuteronomy is how he brought them up out of the land of Egypt uh, and has saved them from their slavery. Uh, if you see also in, in Exodus. So they've been given life and a belonging to be thankful for. But uh, this takes on a whole new meaning in light of Jesus and the cross. As John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Um, we have been given life and life to the full because of this. So just as God saved Israel from slavery, we have been saved from, um, we're no longer slaves to sin uh, and death because of the price that Christ paid on the cross. Now I'll say this a lot today, but what better reason for us to worship? Uh, following along in, in 1 Peter 5 verse 10, uh, it says, And God, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. See, the suffering that Peter is talking about here is, is persecution for the gospel. Um, see, the, the, the early Christians, they had it pretty hard in the, in the Greco-Roman world with... with a few emperors that were very uh, against Christianity uh, and tried to suppress it, but uh, luckily God's people weren't having a bar of it. See, the overlying message of this particular passage is that God is an understanding God and provides strength and steadfastness under trial. And that no matter what we encounter here on earth, there is an incredible hope that we have in Christ. What better reason, friends, to worship? So unless we are reminded constantly of what God has done for us, our worship for him becomes mundane and emotionless. We forget why we need God. And if we forget why we need God, then we forget why we love God and ultimately why we worship him. So we need to remember that it truly is all about him and not about us at all. As the song goes, it's all about you, Jesus. We shouldn't be coming to him in worship um, selfishly just wanting to get uh, what we want out of it those good feelings of uh, yeah I'm worshipping God look at me uh, but it truly is all about God see the reason uh, that's the reason why we worship but what is the importance of music uh, in that worship specifically uh, in our gatherings which brings us to reason two and that is to freely express our thankfulness and gratitude toward our maker See, I wonder if you've had an experience during worship, uh, be it alone or in a body of believers, where you've been overwhelmed by emotion and bathing in the knowledge of the love that God has for you. And then I wonder what role music played in that. See, music is scientifically shown to have an effect on the human mind, mirroring emotion where mere words just cannot. See, as a teen, I was a bit moody from time to time, uh, unlike every other teen in the world, uh, and enjoyed shutting myself 
in my room, letting Simple Plan and, and Rise Against tell me how I should live and how I should feel uh, in the world and about the world. So it's probably not the best uh, analogy or, or example to use, but music does affect the mind and it's the same goes in the context of worship. See, it brings us into a different mindset. Now, I want to be clear, and I think there's a real danger in relying uh, on feeling and atmosphere to, to generate that relationship and experience uh, of God, hindering how we relate to Him. If we rely only on our experience to drive our passion and zeal for God, then uh, when it isn't there, I think it can have a substantial impact on us. See, sometimes we can be too quick to see um, what we can get out of it. See, worship is fully giving credit to God for what He has done. See, I've seen all too often people come to faith in God at a conference or a camp where uh, it's obvious that the, that atmosphere has been attempted to be, be generated and um, they're in a bit of a bubble, for lack of a better word. Um, then when they get back to their daily lives, the fire goes out and they find themselves questioning, was that, was that even real at all? Rather than continuing in their awe and worship of God, they wonder why they aren't feeling the feelings that they were feeling, uh, the way they felt during the experience. See, on the other hand, there's also a danger in going too far in the opposite direction and being uh, weary or even critical of encountering the Father through music and song and always being fearful of the experience. So we often stand up mindlessly, sing the words and then and sit down. We may even look at charismatics as being uh, a bit over the top or crazy or weird. And I wonder if this too is the wrong way of going about worship to a sovereign God. I wonder if we can find a, a happy medium uh, between relying too much on music and too much on the experience um, to also not giving it enough credit and place in our musical worship of God. So the Bible is full of examples where music and singing are used to bring praises to God in Psalm 100 verses 1 and 2. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. I will sing in, in Psalm 101, verse 1, the next psalm over. I will sing of your love and justice. To you, Lord, I will sing praise. It's all about God. Nothing in here is about uh, the individual. Exodus 15, verse 1. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted, both horse and driver he has hurled out of the sea, obviously talking about their deliverance out of the land of Egypt. Uh, Revelation 14, verse 3, And they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. So even in time to come, brothers and sisters, music and song will play a big part in our worship to God. As I've said, music has the power to imitate emotions and can help us sing praises to God who deserves it all and more. Even David danced before the Lord with all of his might in 2 Samuel chapter 6. This was obviously not in music and song, but he still gave his all to show how excited and thankful he was that the ark was coming into its new home in the temple. 
See, how much more should we worship because of what God has done through Jesus? So let music drive your worship and expression of gratitude, but don't rely on it to feel close with God. That comes as a byproduct uh, of humbly and earnestly and honestly seeking Him. Our worship should come from a place of thankfulness and joy, not be consumers in His goodness. So we've had a look at why music has a great effect on our worship, but what does that mean in the context of the church gathering and meeting together? We're going to go through that next, but first um, we thought it'd be a great idea just in the midst of this sermon to, uh, to come together in song. So uh, please join me. I'm coming back to the heart of worship. 
sorry, Lord, for the thing I've hated When it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm coming back to the heart of worship When it's all about you It's all about you, Jesus I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it when it's all about you it's all about you Jesus so reason three of why we worship uh, and the place that music plays in that is to edify and build one another up as a church body so that's our, our third point this morning This is where I'm going to turn, if you would, as well, to Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So this part of Paul's letter to the Colossians comes after he teaches and encourages them in their new life in Christ. It's part of his insistence that they put on the new self. Now, a common theme in Paul's letters is how to be the body of Christ. So when he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and watching one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts. I think he means in the context of the whole church gathering. In 2021, we only meet uh, in most cases for uh, on one day a week, and that's the Sunday, but it's, it's highly probable that the early church met more than this because they you know, were meeting in, in houses uh, and were meeting more often than either. Either way, it's clear that Paul viewed the, the singing as a vital aspect when the church body met together, which is the case today. Now, Colossians is one of Paul's prison epistles, so it was written from a place of captivity, which... Um, yeah, it just brings out that, that theme that we saw in First Peter all the more. So we saw an example of how to live as part of a church body in times of trial, which we can admit life on this side of heaven is. So church, when we gather together, we are called into song as singing together in unity to God binds us as a church body, as a family. There's a sense of belonging We meet as broken people from different backgrounds and experiences, but with the same recognition that God has saved us and that nothing separates us from our identity in Christ. So when we stand and we sing together as one, not only is it pleasing to God, but it binds us together as brothers and sisters in Christ. So that's how us as a church body and worship together and the, the place that music plays in that. But I think to fully understand this Colossians um, passage, as we'll read next in, in verse 17, is, needs to be taken out of the church context and into daily life as well. So that brings us to our last point this morning, and that being uh, music is to spur us on in worshiping God in everything we do. So as I said, Colossians 17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, 
giving thanks to God the Father through him. If we're honest with ourselves, it would be very easy to go back into our normal routines and our day-to-day lives and uh, we forget the saving power of God and forget to thank him for it. I know I definitely am uh, guilty of this. One way that we can remind ourselves to worship God during the week in all we do is to worship him. I think of my mother singing really old tunes while doing the housework. Wayfaring stranger, power in the blood, uh, how great thou art. That was until I walked on the freshly mopped floor. Uh, It was a completely different hymn after that, but nonetheless. That was a very stereotypical, I suppose, and literal way of worship, but I think it also holds some worth. Take yourself using music into the mindset of giving God the glory in every situation. And I think we can get closer to what it means to live our lives for him in whatever we do in word or deed. To build our faith and reverence to him and strengthen our relationship with him. He is there to be worshipped, not just on a Sunday. Maybe there's merit in coming before God in song in our daily lives, on the way to work, during a walk, even folding the washing. But in doing so, we worship God in all we do, which also reminds ourselves of our position under him as creator and saviour. This, along with our time spent in the word, I believe will bring us naturally into thanksgiving and make everything we do closer to the reflection of Christ and his love and kindness shown to us. In doing so, we really will be living our lives in word and deed, giving thanks to God. Maybe there is merit in coming before the Father. To conclude this morning, Brothers and sisters, what does this look like for us? I think quite simply it comes down just to awareness. Being aware of why we sing praises to God. Being aware of what it is that we're singing to God with hearts full of thanks. And being aware of the brothers and sisters around us in church gatherings as we sing these same songs in unison together as redeemed children of God. And maybe also spending more time in worship of God, singing songs alone. With that in mind, um, let's spend a bit more time in worship together this morning as we reflect on God uh, and what he has done for us as a family. But before we do that, maybe, maybe I'll pray. Lord, you are so good and we are so thankful of your forgiveness and your goodness and kindness towards us. Father, I pray um, as we continue to worship together, albeit not uh, not together uh, physically, that you will receive this worship uh, as wholehearted worship of you. And I pray that it wouldn't just stop after we sing our last song but that the worship will go on throughout the week as well, and that we will be reminded of your goodness and kindness towards us, and that we will seek to give you the glory uh, and not worship you for our own benefit.
So Lord, I pray that you'll bless the rest of our time together this morning uh, and keep this on our minds. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from City Light Church, North Adelaide. We hope you found it helpful and we'd love for you to share this message with others. For more great content, more information about City Light Church or to donate to the work of City Light Church North Adelaide, visit us at citylight.church slash North Adelaide.